here we go. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite film podcast, The Average Film Enjoyer. We are joined today. Well, obviously, it's Trey and Jagger, of course, but we are joined today by our good friend, Brett, uh, who is, I don't want to get your title wrong, the horror department director at Letterboxd. I don't know. Brett, you want to introduce yourself? You know, if my CEO allows that, that sounds incredible. But thank you. <laughs> One, thank you for having me today. And and two, my, my title is more of like the Harville editor, curator, writer, um, of all things horror at Letterboxd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're super excited to have on today, have you on today and talk about some of the films that uh some of your favorite horror films. Um and but first of all, guys, how are we doing today? Jagger, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here with this. I think that this is a very exciting episode for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, very exciting. Uh, Brett, how about you? How are we doing today? Fantastic. Like I said, such a great, you know, opportunity to be honored, honored excuse me, honored to be here. Um, thank you for yeah. the opportunity. I know it's Saturday, you know, words get jumbled, you know, and I think yeah. there'll be a lot of word salad today. I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> I talk fast. And so I hope I hope the audience you know enjoys that part of everything. Yeah, of course. Like we're happy to have you here. We're and again, we're not super formal. We jumble over words all the time. It makes for a more entertaining mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, I wanted to ask you. Uh, so, like, how did you? This is something we ask every guest we have on. Um, how did you? Like, what got you into film? Like, what spurred this love and passion that I think the three of us share for film and maybe horror specifically? Yeah, and that's a great question. This is gonna be a long answer, um, but you know, I, I basically jumped into my love of film at an early age. I was many, many years ago. I'm in my mid 40s, so I'm gonna kind of date myself here. But um, I was sick from day camp, and my parents, you know, left me alone, and I raided their VHS closet, and I started watching The Poltergeist. Oh um, yes, the hit, the hidden Nightmare on Elm Street. So I, you know, started off with like some of the small sci-fi horror classics, um, and then I decided I wanted to become actually first because I used to had a Fangoria subscription back in the day, and I we had a little independent video store, mm-hmm. and you know these these employees would feed me everything, posters, you know, movie recommendations. So I kind of like broadened my knowledge there, but it was I decided I'm like, hey, you know what, I want to become, I want to work on horror films. I want to do like makeup effects and stuff and my parents were like no you're gonna get a profession i come from family doctors so i was kind of like the black sheep of my family mm-hmm. um my bar mitzvah theme was horror film so a lot of people were probably like what's wrong with this kid he looks normal but he likes <laughs> these iconic things um but i eventually became a school teacher i actually have a bachelor's and master's in education i taught sixth grade math and science in high school special ed and then changed careers moved into you know, social media and tech in the early days, and which I still kind of also do. And, um, you know, I've been working with Letterboxd uh, for a little over three years now. Um, so I'm entering my fourth great company. And, you know, obviously it's allowed me to kind of build upon my my love for film and, and to talk about it with, you know, a large community, including yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know me and Jagger are both huge Letterboxd nerds. I mean, what my first instinct after I watch a movie is to go log it on Letterboxd, um, especially the custom posters. Some mm-hmm. of you get some of the custom posters. I know we talked about this in our last episode uh, for The Exorcist Believer, which came out earlier this year. 
because like anybody can make those custom posters. And there's one where it's the Exorcist Believer poster, but it's just Peter Griffin in the middle. And I'm like, oh, I love open creativity. And I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's a great way to connect with other movie lovers. Um, and it's, I, yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, One of you has, I think, Evil Dead 2 in your top four, your four favorites. Yeah. So, and I, and I know it's that the poster is quite different than the other ones we've seen. So I know you, you selected your own uh, custom poster for that. So good, yes. good for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Letterboxd um, has also been, a huge deal for me because when I started to realize how it connects with TMDB, um, I always sort of found the concept of filmmaking interesting. So then I went out and made a few like short films myself. And then I have also ended up working with like custom poster concepts and stuff. So Letterboxd has been sort of a way for me to grow on my own creativity as well. So I guess all I can say is thank you. And that's, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, we love our, you know, members, our communities um, that are on Letterboxd. So, yeah, no, it's great to hear about, like, all these different stories of people, how they're using it and interacting with the films that they love and also finding others who, you know, enjoy, you know, different forms of craft that are on there. So, yeah, and then plus, you know, we have, you know, different teams um, that focus on and, and write about different types of content. So, yeah, it's, a, it, you know, we're, we're film lovers ourselves behind the scenes. And, you know, this is. This is what we love to do and, and learn from others and see what everyone's working on. So, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Um, so I want to get into these films. So I think me and it just me and Brett are going to do the first few. Jagger uh, will join us uh, a little bit later for the last uh, few. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Um, so about, I don't know, this is, I think this was when I was in Hawaii because Brett, I was, I was sitting on my couch in Hawaii. I just woken up and Jagger calls me and was like, dude, Brett agreed to come on our podcast. And I was like, what? Um, and you sent us these lists of films that you wanted to talk about. Um, and I'm really excited. Um, the first one I want to talk about uh, is VHS 2. Um, so about a month ago or two months, I watched the first VHS film, which for people who, people who don't know, these are like anthology films um they it's like uh a main story that follows these people who find vhs tapes and it's like 10 to 20 minute little short horror flicks and i i have to say i did not enjoy the first one i i i was interested because the guys that were a part of blair witch which i really enjoy uh were a part of that um and i just didn't enjoy it, it wasn't for me so i was definitely cautious going into this one it was excellent there was only like one of the little shorts that I didn't love. I thought it was fun, but uh, I didn't love. We'll get into that in a sec. But I mean, this is, it was just, all of them were just so well done. Um, and I'm wondering, for your, what are your like opening thoughts about this one, VHS 2? And what do you love about it so much? Yeah, so I guess like yourself, I I watched VHS, the first one. And mm -hmm. you know, there were, there were certain segments I really enjoyed and some I didn't. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great um anthology and I, i'm glad that it spawned a number of sequels especially landing on shutter um you know 
basically we've gotten a new film for the past three years, um, yeah. so, which is fantastic. But VHS 2, I, I mean, why I find it one of my favorite horror films and something I, I watch is I consider it one of my comfort horror films um, because it's just so much fun to watch and there's you know different directors and different segments and different themes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it was just the, the wraparound story, which is from Simon Barrett, I think was fantastic. Um, and I, I think those actors did a great job um, keeping it all together. But like I said, it was the, it was the people behind the camera as well. I, mean, I think Adam Wingard, um, Jamie Nash, um, you have Timo. Yeah. Um, I always forget. I always butchered Timo's last name. Timo uh, Tahanto um, and 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 Jason Eisner, um, who who did the the last segment in that film, who which actually turned into another full length feature film, Kids vs Aliens, from his. Uh, uh, sleepover, alien abduction, sleepover. I, I'm, I'm the butcher, the, the segment title. But like yeah. I said, all, all these stories were just really well shot. They were just fun. Um, I think the acting was great. And I think a lot of the kills were great as well. It just delivered the gore. And that's what I want. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought these were all excellent. Um, some A thought that came to me while watching this um, is that there's a lot of different, there's horror as a genre, which it, its job its main goal, I guess, would be to scare you. That's the main goal here, to induce that feeling of anxiety and fear that for horror lovers like us, so many that we chase after, you know, like that's like, I chase after that feeling I get from a horror movie that's like, whoa. Um, and there's definitely subgenres in horror, like uh, topics that scare me more than others, um, which definitely comes up in these anthology series because they, tackle so many different subgenres. like you get one about aliens you get one about zombies you get one about a cult you get one about ghosts um and which is why the zombies one the one the bike i think it's called like the biker in the woods uh, or a ride in the woods. Ride in the park yep a ride yeah. in the park yeah i've never found zombies scary they just look goofy <laughs> to me but like the one you talked about the alien the one where the kids get attacked by the aliens that freaked me out that was so well done and it scares me and I'm just wondering for you if there's like a certain subgenre of horror that really scares you, or what was your favorite of this one, or which one was not your favorite? Well, you know, I, I think they were actually all my favorite um, on an equal level. But yeah. I think what was what really stood out. Also, I should have mentioned this before was what um, the technology used. Like you know, you had the, a supposed camera and an eye. You know, you had the mm-hmm. the, um, the GoPro on on a bike on the on the biker's helmets. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just felt like. That, that first person point of view, I think is really what, what makes it scary and intense mm-hmm. and, and it reels the people in. But yeah, like I said, like there's, there's a ghost story. There's, there are all different types of stories here. Um, but, you know, in terms of what subgenres, you know, that really kind of, you know, I guess, inscape fear in myself. Um, I don't know. It's maybe some, maybe more of the body horror, you know, just seeing yeah. like, something getting cut off a body part being cut off because that's something that can really happen not like the monsters and then you know people getting yeah. together like human centipede but um you know losing a limb is something that could be you know kind of kind of scary um yeah and, yeah and basically when i drive every day i feel like i'm gonna you know crash and, and lose a limb because i'm a horrific driver yeah um and in 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 this one we get a lot of tinges of sci-fi which kind of brings me into the next two I wanted to talk about together, um, which were two films uh, plus one, which uh, I thought was excellent and coherence. And they both deal with this idea of a otherworldly kind of alien presence 
in coherence, it's the comet in plus one. It's, I still don't know. It's some alien presence that took over the electricity that is uh, somehow uh, branching off into these two separate realities. And it's these people experiencing seeing themselves in these two separate realities and that really trippy idea. Um, first off, uh, what is your, which one did you prefer? Like which one of those, because I feel like they see, deal with a similar idea, but in two very different ways. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's more, I think both stories, yes, they're they started by some kind of phenomenon, you know, mm -hmm. like with a comment or, or something, um, you know, hitting those electric wires and it just spreads through. Exactly. Um, and then, and then, and then we see multiple forms of, of a person being duplicated throughout an evening um, or, or what we're also supposed to, or what we're supposed to think is happening. Um, I really enjoy plus one. Not a lot of people have seen it and I always recommend it to people. Although, although I love coherence. It's one of my favorites, but plus one, I just think it was just a great story. Had a great cast. You had Reese Wakefield from who's in the purge film. You have Logan Miller, who's in the escape room films as well as the good neighbor. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I really enjoyed the cast. It just I felt like their reactions were real to what was happening, even though they're acting. But I just felt like they're they 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 really fit into the film. And I don't think it could have been played by other people. But then when you move over to coherence, you know, the great thing about the film, there's a character in the film named Amir. He's actually one of the co-writers of the film. And yeah. he was, you know, while it's being filmed, he was kind of like instigating where it should go like leading them on saying like okay this is he carried the um the uh, the you know the film because it was mostly improvised so he uh -huh. had to like make sure they were oh. all familiar with the story yeah it's it's really amazing how it was how it was filmed it was filmed over five days very small budget and like i said i feel like they really you know carried it well and it was yeah. well produced you know i think they had two cameras um like kind of held handheld you know it was very loose and and moved around a lot so that they can focus on all the the actors on the set um yeah but also like it's just it's just two crazy stories two different films two different crazy stories and mm. I, I feel like the people themselves were just you know in it in it to win it yeah yeah for sure and uh the the in like uh, to, like for example in plus one you have this idea that there is basically this uh a second person of every person has appeared and they're slowly catching up to the original and in the end right spoilers ahead people skip ahead like five minutes if you don't want spoilers for plus one or coherence uh they end up getting in fights with their past or future selves however you want to looking look at it and killing their themselves essentially uh which sounds really weird to say out loud and then in, co in coherence you have very similar things that happen, except it's not just one variant. It is millions and millions of variants, mm -hmm. um, which, um, but again, they end up going to war with themselves. Um, and I think it deals with this really cool idea of like, it's a really interesting way that I've never seen before dealing with this idea of self-destruction and, um, and that's especially studied in the character in Plus One, who uh, oh, I can't remember her name, the redhead Head. girl. I, I was just going to mention her because she kind of she sees herself, mm -hmm. but she embraces it. Yeah, she's not scared, and it's just like, yeah, you're kind of like, what's going on here? Like, because they were like 
looked like they were about to get intimate and yeah. then try to figure out what's happening. So, yeah, I mean, while everyone was trying to beat the shit out of each other, you know, with their other multiple forms, mm-hmm. this, this girl, she just was just like, no, bring it in, you know, see what happens. Yeah, I thought that was Weird. super interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, both films, very excellent. Um, I think for me, I preferred Coherence. Oh, these even came out in the same year. That's yeah. wild. That these it must have been something in the out. water. <laughs> yeah, that is wild. Um, and then before Jagger comes on, there's two more uh, that I wanted to touch on. First of all, uh, Belko Experiment. Um, so this, uh, this is a film. Um, you said, who is the director again? I know James Gunn wrote it. Greg McLean. Greg McLean. Yeah. Um, this is one I enjoyed a lot. Um, I, I mean, John Gallagher Jr. is great. Mm -hmm. And I also, uh, love Michael Rooker. Um, obviously from Walking Dead and his role as Yondu in the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Um, but after seeing like the ratings, my friends have this at like my mutuals, like two, two and a half, three stars. I, it kind of blows my mind. I, Unfollow I don't, them. <laughs> I don't understand it because it's such a blast. It's, you know what? It, I, I, I don't feel like it's for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know we're going to touch upon that, but I feel like some people might think it's just senseless violence or, it, you know, also this come, came out at a time where there's a lot of workplace shootings, you know, it might touch yeah. you know, a certain part of someone and say like, you know what, that that's a little too soon or, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable to me for, because of, of it's a real life setting. And not that I'm going to say this can happen, but there's been violence in the workplace. So a lot of people, you know, shied away from it. Yeah. But for the ones who are, you know, love it you know i think they're just looking at it for senseless violence and trying to figure out like you know what's what's the end game here or, or who are the brains behind it and what's the end game so you know there's there's i said like i said there's gonna be like three sides of every story here yeah i i loved it a lot um obviously it has some great gore i'm a huge fan of gore like the saw films the collector mm-hmm. which we'll talk about with jagger uh anything with great gore like the gorier the better i love it I, I, so I find it so fun. Um, and this one obviously has that, but it also has, um, and this is why I love it so much. The little things that James Gunn instills in every movie he touches, like crazy needle drops that are just awesome. Uh, great soundtrack, Sean Gunn, just randomly appearing. Um, it's yeah. I just had a blast with this one. Um, but, uh, well, there's also also Tony oh. Go- Tony Goldwyn's in it as well. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. he was in Last House on the Left in 2009. Um, yeah. I think he was the president in the TV series Scandal, which I never watched. Just letting everyone know, I just know he was in it. Never watched it, um, but uh, it, it's a great cast. But I think you know it's Greg McLean. I think I, I don't think anyone else really could have directed it. It was supposed to be James Gunn. He stepped away because of, of personal reasons. But mm-hmm. um, Greg McLean, who I love from the Wolf Creek films, um, just did a great job. Wolf, and and they're filmed differently. But you know, I think I think Greg McLean understands his audience. He's looking for you know ultimate violence. You know, if you look at you know Mick Mick Taylor from the Wolf Creek films, like it's just senseless torture porn violence. Um, yeah, which I which I love. But he brought it to a workplace setting. A great story there. You know, written by James Gunn. And you know, I, I like I said, you know, Greg McLean. You know 
should have won all the awards for this. It was just so much fun to see everything played out, you know, from beginning to end. Yeah, for sure. Um, And speaking of uh, great gore, uh, Haunt, this was a genuine surprise for me. And I, I, I would, I mean, I would like to share why it's because, so you essentially in this film, you have the classic teenagers go to a haunted house and there's some crazy, like, like they're like, wow, that looks so real. It is real. And they start getting picked off. Right. And I was expecting this whole time because I've seen this in so many other horror films like this for one of the masked individuals to be someone, the main character knew in this case, Oh, what was her name? I am so bad with names. Harper? Uh, Harper. Yeah. I And in this case, Harper, I was expecting it to be someone she knew because, like, there's always that twist. It's like, and it's her ex-boyfriend. Da, 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 da. You know? Um, and they had uh, so many opportunities in this. They had the alcoholic uh, beating ex-boyfriend who was a psycho. They had the dad who beat the mom. I mean, there's two characters that would have been excellent to bring that twist and it totally would made sense. Like, Oh yeah, of course they're crazy. Um, But they didn't do that. And they're like, Oh no, it's just a bunch of psychos who are killing these kids. And they, and then they have so many more opportunities throughout it to be like, but they're actually being run by this person and they just never do it. And I found that, I don't know why, but it just tickled my brain in the right way. I was expecting this thing the whole time and it just never happened. And I was like, Oh, I've never seen that before. That's super interesting. I kind of blew my mind a little bit. Well, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad with the the story that came on screen because I feel mm-hmm. like you know, and I, I actually like the areas you mentioned, but I'm glad they didn't explore that yet. Maybe um, because I feel like this was just supposed to be like an extreme haunted house, a very extreme, obviously, and, mm-hmm. and off the grid haunted house where, like you said, people are being picked off one by one. Um, you know, through this maze of a house or or factory like setting and you know just traps and you know exquisite sets and and obviously you know vicious people behind the scenes um yeah i i, th- I thought the, the characters were great i really felt like they had good chemistry it wasn't a dumb script um this film was written directed by beck and woods who actually also did a quiet place so you know it's always like you know it you know, they went from a small film to a to a blockbuster, but I think Haunt has always been on the top of my Halloween list every year since then. It's just it's just one of those great films I always encourage people to see every every year. Yeah, it was really excellent. Um, I really enjoyed this one, and I thought this was really topical. And Jagger, if you want to join us, uh, if you can hear me, um, because I'm pretty sure you watched this documentary as well. There was a documentary that came out earlier this year about Russ McCainy who was like the uh he ran like supposedly the most extreme haunted house in the country um and i thought this was super topical because that's been like a huge thing this year especially the last couple years um of like these extreme haunted houses where people would go to these insane lengths to 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 get this scare and i just thought that was super interesting um uh, uh, but Jagger, you're back. Um, what, what, was this person, was he the one who was paying people? If they can like get through the entire 
Yeah. House or maids who would give them, I think, like ten thousand dollars or or some yeah. fee. Yeah. yeah. You should check out the documentary. <laughs> it's on Hulu. It's a really well done documentary, uh, and it's crazy. It's it's insane. It's well, the stuff people are allowed to do if they sign a waiver. Oh my lord. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jagger is back. Um, I'm gonna let Jagger take over this second half of the interview. Uh, I'll still be here to lend a comment once in a while, but I think there's mm-hmm. a few that Jagger wanted to talk about as well. Yeah, I mean, if I may just start with the big one, the collector. I mean, where to start with this movie, I don't know. Um, it starts as, like, a cheesy to early 2000s horror movie, like, the cliche 2000s horror movie. And then just like that, it really just switches up into a heart-pounding, chaotic, but awesome movie. Um, so I'm just going to sort of pass it back over to you with what about this movie drew you in so much? Yeah. So I, I, I've, I've always loved the collector. I like Marcus Dunstan and Patrick Melton. I think they, they brought together a really, this could have been a really great franchise, uh, which I'll get into, but this film, um, was actually supposed to be like a, like a, a saw prequel. Um, Because, you know, we had had a lot of people who moved in these films who were involved in those films. He had Marcus Dunstan, who I I forgot which Saw he did. I think he did Saw 4 and maybe 5, or he worked on some of the films. Um, But but I I like the actors in this. I think Josh Stewart's a fantastic actor. Um, He was also in another one of their films called The Neighbor, which was really great, which I hope you can check out. But the collector itself, I don't know, it was just the story behind it. Yeah, he he owes the ex-wife some money. You know, he tries to get it through some unreasonable means. Um, you know, it takes a job working at this very nice house in a desolate area. Um, you know, kind of knows where the the hidden merchandise is, and you know, he plans his his evening to to go get it so he can, you know, pay back these debts. Uh, unfortunately, someone else is there to take care of some other type of business, and it just unravels from there. And I, I feel like this movie, and I, I've said this before verbatim, it's gritty and gory. And I say it by gritty, the the record, the the quality of the video doesn't look great, yeah. but I feel like that's what adds to the suspense of the film, and that's what kind of like you know really brings in the attention. And you know, you know, you can't turn away because you're like what's going on here it's dark there's a storm there's all these you know different types of lighting throughout the house and the cinematography was great yeah um and also the internal traps that the collector had placed so i I feel like you know this film it's just it's just heart pounding great great cast great uh, great killer and Mm -hmm. the ending was was fantastic which obviously led to the collection which came out a few years later I didn't know there was a sequel, but after watching oh, this... Oh my gosh, Jagger. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all here for it. Uh, I, made, I, made and- a meme f- I made a meme for this while at Dread Central about the collector and the collection, which I will share um, post, post a recording that you will hopefully appreciate. <laughs> and um, Yeah, the cinematography is great. The editing was incredible. I found the snap cuts of, that are spread throughout the whole movie to keep this hectic, like something's about to happen, 
so stay watching concept and it works really mm. well um and you phrased it perfectly like you're glued that is what this movie really has going for it and it takes that and runs so like starting like 20 minutes in for the remainder of that hour and 10 minutes it's gory it's brutal and it's really hectic and it works so well what i think also really works was the collector played by juan fernandez who mm. starred in a really terrible i remember seeing him like when i found, when i started doing my research like who is this guy like who played the collector and i'm like oh my god i know this guy from another film he was in crocodile dundee 2 with paul hogan <laughs> and the hempsey won the worst film <laughs> I'm sorry to anyone I may offend, but that's actually one of the worst films. And he was terrible in it. He was just like a terrible bad guy. But his mannerisms in The Collector compared to um, how he was, he was very stern in, in Crocodile Dundee too. But in The Collector, he's very relaxed, menacing. Um, you wouldn't even recognize that it's him if you saw all of his photos. But he was, I think, just a, a perfect portrayal of, 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 this, of this killer. Of the, the collector and 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 he you know certain i mean you see a lot of the, the gifts that are out there and you know different clips of like you know him like being alerted that when there's a cop outside or you know there's someone in the house like i just feel like he really took on that role i feel like he might have been like kind of like a character act character actor um and 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 it was just it was just flawless that's all i can say yeah, yeah. i mean his like you said, his mannerisms are great. He's sort of relaxed about all of it going on, sort of nonchalant, mm -hmm. while also being very intimidating and really, like, kind of... And here's the thing. The way that it's filmed makes you feel like you're there with them and you're just being taken around with all of it. And I respect that immensely. And when it comes to a horror movie... In my mind, the goal is to make you feel scared of in, during the process of watching it, not exclusively after. If a movie can scare you after it's over, great. But if you can be scared through the whole experience of it, even better. And this movie achieves that to a T. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's like I said, it's, it's dark. The cinematography was fantastic, especially from the aerial view of the rooms when they're going through the different doors and the, and yeah. Josh Stewart's character Arkin is trying to escape the collector, you know, trying to make himself, um, you know, not noticeable. Mm -hmm. um, it was just really just, just well done. Like I said, and everything, I think the setting was great, the tone, the atmosphere all that came well came together very well plus all the kills um and the traps that were in there so as you can see the people behind this you know were were really trying to go for the extreme and they did very well with everything that was placed around the house and i felt like they did their research in order to keep people trapped inside um and feels, and, and deliver it to the fans yeah it feels really claustrophobic almost mm -hmm. and i think that's sort of the word i'm looking for um yeah, it's an incredible, incredible film that I cannot recommend enough. It's super entertaining, pretty scary, very intense, really stressful. Um, and it's great. It's really, it's just great. Yeah.
Well, I, I hope we get to talk about the collection sometime soon, which is the sequel to the film. It, it continues from oh. part one um, into part two. And then, of course, there was supposed to be a third film, which has kind of been shelved or they're trying to you know, bring it back into play. But yeah, it's 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 a it's an interesting it's an interesting set of films because I feel like especially get in the collection there's a different uh, person portraying the collector um, who has a different type of body build and and mannerisms as well. So, but the, the the first film really set the stage for what this could potentially become, and I feel like it could become a really great franchise. Yeah, and if we're gonna talk about interesting, I feel like I can use that as a segue over to our next film evil dead 2 um a personal favorite of mine and about as strange as a horror movie is going to get uh with none of it necessarily making sense but also it all kind of makes sense Uh, i'll pass it over to you um yeah what are your thoughts on this movie oh i mean you can't say anything negative about Evil Dead 2. If you do, I don't, I don't think you're you're a true horror fan. I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for that. But it's 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 a comedy. Yes. It's it's a horror film. There's a tree raping a woman, or sexually assaulting a woman, I should say. Um, there's deadites in the, in the in the cellar. Uh, a creepy setting. You're in a cabin in the middle of the woods, and you have Bruce Campbell. So. Where where can you go wrong? I mean, it's it's it has everything. It deliver it delivers, and for for late eighties horror, you know, it delivers the cheese, and I think that's what we all appreciate with this character. And look how long this you know the Evil Dead character, you know, Ash has been, you know, in in, in films. Like it's still like he his character, Bruce Campbell's character, Ash is is still one of the most popular horror icons to this day, and rightfully so. Um, you know, it's a lot of tongue in cheek. Three Stooges like humor. You have Sam Raimi directing. Um, you know, I, I think Sam Raimi has has a great grasp on how that camera should move um, for certain scenes. Um, yeah. And a chainsaw for a hand. Who would have thought? <laughs> it, it, to call it the grandfather of the cabin in the woods concept mm-hmm. is reasonable as a lot of the modern Cabin in the Woods movies call back to this one. And something that I found really interesting about it is that it completely scraps the first movie, which was very successful as far as I understand. And they took it. They just removed half of the characters and remade it, essentially. And that was the intention with it. Except it one-ups the original by adding things that were not there that i guess you didn't know you needed but they needed to be there because they added immensely to it oh yeah i mean it it was definitely an upgrade from the original evil dead uh, from 1981 um definitely a better budget um more gore more blood um, I think a, a more aligned script, and I think the supporting characters were fantastic as well. 
Um, yeah. You know, I, I think everyone did a great job there. And, and, you know, it made for this cult classic that we all enjoy to this very day. And I still, and, you know, a lot of people also refer to this, you know, as, as one of their favorites. A lot of the actors and directors that I communicate with and, you know, do lists or stories on, on Letterboxd, they talk about how, like, you know, the Evil Dead films are always like their favorite, but especially Evil Dead 2. So. Yeah. To say it's the best in the series is something that I would say as my opinion, and it's not a stretch by any means. Not at all. <laughs> um, and I would like to segue from Evil Dead to Nightbreed, because yes. there are a fair amount of similarities that could be said. Um, and from what I take it, this is your favorite movie? Correct? This is this is my favorite horror film. Um I saw it in the. Th I actually saw it in the theaters. I was ten. It was nineteen ninety. My mom took myself and another friend. Um, I don't. I don't know what it did for me. It was just. It's. It, it's a love story. It's a monster film, and it's a slasher. And yeah. you have those three, so it's a trifecta right there. Plus, you have David Cronenberg as Doctor Decker, who is you know the main villain in the film, who kind of brings it all together. He's basically the one who's like pushing this entire story. He's like the, he should be the main character, not Craig Sheffer's Boone, but you know, and it's based on on, on the book Cabal by, by Clyde Barker, who also directed it. Um, but you know, it, it's funny because to this day, the I just watched it and I became a fan. And as Josh Rubin has stated, it's the X-Men of horror films. You have these monsters have incredible capabilities and powers. Um, you know, some can turn into smoke and, you know, go through, you know, barriers, you know, some fly. Um, it's, it, it's, and there's, it's just a great backstory within the film, you know, as you're, you know, toward the end of the film, you kind of learn more about, the Nightbreed, um, and why they're there. You know, they're they're actually the good guys, and humans are the bad guys, um, or the bad people. Um, but I don't know. This, this film is just just always. I've always loved it, I, and I love the direct uh, the um, theatrical cut more than director's cut. Um, really, yeah, I, I just, watched. I just, the you probably cut. watch the director's cut. Yeah, uh, the theatrical cut has a lot less, and different people are killed. Um, but I just I just love it. And I feel like because it just it told the story in that in in the amount of time that it was allotted, and I think it was great. Um, but you know, a lot of people enjoy the film for different reasons. So I think in in um, there were a number of people in the gay community who who loved the film because it actually allowed. I think for a lot of them, they said like you know just allowed them to be free and express who they are, and you know you know some people. And at this time, there were people who were coming out and they were battling monsters you know because of who they were and those monsters in this case you know they were the the, the gay community were the, were the monsters or the night breed and the people that were against them were the humans um but for, like i said for for myself i just felt like the film is just a great monster film a great slasher film and a great love story and it it culminates in the end and then you know we we just see a, a bunch of mayhem occur and these people just want to be alone, left, you know, left alone and, and do their thing. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, you know, it's human nature just going and be like, we don't like that. So we're going to destroy it. And, you know, we see what happens in the film. Yeah. And I think that there's two real ways that it can be taken. And if you look at the reviews of this movie, having a 3.3 average, clearly those two different views have been shown heavily on either side. Now, I have this movie at a three and a half. Um, maybe it was sort of the mindset I was in watching it. 
But whatever it shall be, this is a film that I can totally understand why it could be a favorite, possibly a number one favorite. Um, it is the two ways in my mind that it can be taken are just like a monster movie, which is how I took the other Clive Barker movie. I haven't seen it in a minute. Um, the only other one I've seen is Hellraiser. And I think you can take that as just a monster movie, but you can also take this as a film with a lot of beauty to it. Yes. And I really respect a movie that can be taken two polar opposite ways, depending on your understanding of being able to decipher film. Um, there's a lot of movies that pull that off and a lot of movies that try to pull it off, but can't. Um, I love David Cronenberg for that. He has a lot of movies that can be taken as either just a weird violent mess or commentary, something beautiful. Um, and that's how you can sort of tie these two together. You see that a lot with things like David Lynch as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love a movie that can do that. And I think that this executed it masterfully. Uh, I loved this movie. And with a rating of three and a half, I feel as though that could be altered the more I sort of digest it. That was like a very, I just finished it. Here's my rating. Um, but giving it I, some time to, yeah. Wait, what were you one, one day it'll come to a, it'll, it'll be a five star, you know, for you one day. <laughs> well, you know what it is? I, th I think all the one stars are probably from all my ex-girlfriends I made watch it, you know. Over the years. <laughs> they, probably, they probably hated me for that. But uh, I don't know, none of my ex-girlfriends liked horror films. None of them. So I know this was never for them. I'm like, come on, I had to watch your down to you romance comedy. I'm like, you're going to watch Nightbreed. <laughs> never never won them over but like i said it's not for everyone and i think that's what's great about film yes it's a 3.3 i wish it was higher there's nothing that can be done but i feel like film is interpreted in different ways whether any genre um and like i said you know you can look at it from a different point of view you might say well i like the special effects so it gets a five or some people but i hate the story or you know i love the story it could do without david cronenberg and the monsters and who cares about the cops like there's so many different things that 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 people judge about films but um i don't know it's it, like i said this has just been like a magical movie for me it was just like I, I think at the time when i was when i was 10 it was just i was just like i wasn't like a popular kid in in, in school you know i did my own thing loved you know heavy metal and and horror films and you know i felt like i was an outsider like, amongst my other friends and classmates so i felt like you know this film was like you know this was a community that accepted people no matter who they were of, of course boone came in from different circumstances but they survived together they all had different powers and capabilities but they were still together in midian under you know in that in that cemetery and minding their own business and thriving and then someone came and interrupted it so you know that that ripple in the pond really changed a lot of things that happened to them. Yeah. And I mean, there you go. <laughs> a movie that can achieve hitting people like that with just having fun, but also having some form of relatability. I think that's where you achieve art. And that's what film is. Film is an art. It's highly subjective. And that's what you have to love about it. Yeah, Everyone that, has a different favorite movie, and that's yeah. I I, I joined the Letterbox show uh, in October, and obviously we we talked about Nightbreed there, and you know Gemma and Slim, who who both managed the podcast. You know they had to watch the film, and I felt so bad because I read the reviews after, and they're like, eh. But 
you know, like I said, just like you said, like film is open to interpretation. You know, people have certain interests and in, in why they love these films. And being being able to speak about it, especially here today, you know, is 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 very rewarding. So people maybe get like a different perspective. They might say, hey, you know, I did watch Nightbreed. I didn't like it, but I'm listening to this podcast and I understand where they're coming from. Maybe I'll give it a rewatch and, and you know, maybe my rating will change from a, a three to a five or a one to a five, you know. Going in with a different point of view, and mm -hmm. I think that's kind of great. And Trey, if you want to hop back on here, I think we can now head into our final movie of the episode today with yeah. Pump Up the Volume. Oh, yeah, um, just yeah. give me one sec. I need to close this door behind me. All right. And just to sort of intro it in, this is a movie that we all... Yeah, but, okay. yeah, pump up this the volume. A, yeah. This is a movie Hell, that we all love here. I'm, 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 I'm just like, I'm I mean, sorry. I called Jagger with about 15, sorry, I'm just going to go right out. I'm going to go right, right into Please, it. please, please. <laughs> I called Jagger with like 15 minutes left and I was like, Jagger, this movie is a fucking banger. And he was like, right? Yeah. Looking at all the things going, like my thoughts before going in this movie, I was like, okay, this is probably going to be fine. It's Christian Slater. It's a movie I've never heard of. Came out in 1990. It's going to be fine. But it was like the perfect moment because it still had that fun of 80s coming of age films of independence and just that fun goofiness but also had just enough of that 90s rebellious angst that made for just like a perfect coming of age film. It was so <laughs> excellent. And um, it, God, it is so relatable it, in, in such, even, even now, even now in such a deep way um, for all kids that feel unheard and and feel like they have no control in life um and it's just god god it was so good oh yeah sorry it is. sorry no 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 look this is why you have a podcast this is why you talk about films i mean I, I'm with you on this tray. Like I can talk about pump the volume for a long time just like all these other films that we've spoken about yeah. and there's something about this film, I know it's different than, than the rest that we're speaking about because it's more of a, a drama in a way. It's not mm -hmm. horror. But pump up the volume. One awesome soundtrack. You know, you have Was Not Was, Leonard Cohn. I think there was some old Soundgarden, Beastie Boys in the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christian Slater was fantastic in this. Samantha Mathis is probably my ideal woman. I loved her in this film. She's like my dream, literally my dream. Um, she was she was also starred with Christian Slater years later in um Black Arrow with was it Black Arrow? Oh my god, I'm, I'm something Arrow. I think it's Black Arrow with um John Travolta. So um and that's a great action film, by the way. But um Broken Arrow, excuse me. It's Broken Arrow with John oh. Travolta. Yeah, awesome film. But um I mean this takes place in 1990, where when it's filmed. Um obviously this is before social media, before cell phones. Um, you know, a lot of online bullying. So we you know there's there's different themes in this film. There's you know there's there's the bullying, there's suicide, and then there's um, a, a a new student, Christian Slater, Mark, 
um, in this town. I think it's in Arizona. And he's basically trying to discover who he is. You know, he's in a new setting. You know, basically when you move to a place, to a different place, you can kind of form who you want to be. Mm -hmm. He's just wanted to stick to his thing and, you know, stay in his basement bedroom. Um, and he had this other persona, Happy Heart on Harry, um, which turned out to be a huge success there with their ham radios and their different antennas and all these things. Um, and he just bashed the teachers, the faculty, the staff, um, because he was getting records from his father who was very big in the district. So he was kind of like feeding that stuff into his show. And, you know, of course they were always perplexed as to like, how does he, how does this, um, uh, this radio personality know so much about what's going on? It's because Mark basically was on the inside in, in a way, um, through a connection, but I know it, it, it was just amazing how everything unfolded throughout the film. Like I said, you know, we had a great story, um, how he's discovered by Samantha Mathis, and then, you know, finally just the big unveiling of, of, of who was behind the curtain, you know, really just wrote me in all those years ago when I first saw it. And it's, it's still a classic to this day. Yeah. And that, like, good final chunk of the movie where it's like, all of it is starting to finally unravel all the way down to that big, huge in scope ending. Um, it really shows how a movie, and especially a movie like this, can have three, like a three act plot without doing that in like the cliche three act plot manner. Where it starts sort of like the early success of the character, the persona, and then it starts to become problematic in that second act where it's like they're blaming him for suicides and crimes and such. And then that third act where it m makes him break. He can't do it anymore. He's under way too much pressure and it just gets the best of him and that's the end of the persona yeah he he had that that you know it's win or nothing attitude yeah um yeah so yeah that, that right that third act was was him saying like you know should i or should i not do this and of course going through with the plan was 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 the end goal yeah. um but then he roped her into it he roped the uh, samantha mathis's character into it so she's probably gonna you know she would experience the same fate as him but yeah it's it's like I said, you know, we we're, we discover who he is at the beginning, and then like kind of in the middle, it's just like, oh, this 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 online personality, uh, this this radio personality, excuse me, is you know pushing a lot of buttons, you know, in the good way for the students, in the bad way for the faculty and the staff, and of course the FCC gets involved, and then it's like, okay, we're gonna, we 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 might fail at this, you know, or we can stick up for what we believe in, which is you know the latter is what they go for, and. I don't know. I I think it was just it was just such a, a pioneering film, you know, such in the early days. Because you know, as we see in the end, spoiler alert, you know, you have all these people who are suddenly like, "Oh, hi, I'm on a you know this radio and in this state. Anyone listening?" And so he, he influenced a lot of people. And I think we do see this in today's society, especially with social media. Someone does something, and it's like a that ripple effect, and then you know people replicate that process, and you know it goes into the into the void. Yeah, it's a it's a movie that has stayed incredibly relevant. And I mm -hmm. wish it got a little more recognition 
because it's a movie that recently has started to go under the radar. It just recently got taken off Max, to my surprise, um, when, Trey, you couldn't find it. Yeah, I had to go to the deep, dark corners of the internet to find a (laughs) way to view this. And (laughs) No, no, it's fine. It's always a fun adventure, looking through reddit people like here's a link to this and then it's really not a link to what you think it's a link to <laughs> something completely different that you're like why guys come on um, yeah. it was but, a different pop up the volume <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> um but yeah it's i mean it was totally worth it it was a great oh yeah, uh, I, I believe it was going to be remade, or it's in the process of being remade. And like you know, that's what I don't like about Hollywood. You know, they I think they're they're not becoming original anymore. Um, yeah, you have no idea this, how much we've talked about this one yeah, topic. It, yeah, and this hap- this has happened with a lot of films, especially another Christian Slater film. They were making uh, Heather's into a TV series, and I think no. they did film. I think they did film it, and they were going to release it, and then I, something happened. But I'm kind of glad it never went to air because it's just a classic. I don't think the classic should be touched or remade uh, unless it's Dawn of the Dead and the Crazies, which I think were two fantastic remakes. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's, it's really open to interpretation. I, I, but I feel like if they remade Pump Up the Volume, it would, it would have a lot of the social media elements in there. So I feel like they would make an updated version just to appeal to these you know, new audiences. But like this is a classic I really don't think should be touched in. Yeah, and it and obviously it still appeals to the younger audiences that they would be remaking it for, which is just so ridiculous. I mean, let's just make it's the same thing. We got the color purple remake coming out this month, and I'm like, come on, man! You got this masterpiece of a film that Steven Spielberg made like 25 years ago, and now instead of making something new, something fresh, something people actually want to see, you're just gonna do it again. It's it's so frustrating. It's, it's lazy in a way. Exactly. Um, Aren't they remaking Roadhouse with Yes, Jake Gyllenhaal? Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm actually excited for that oh, because yeah. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. He's a good actor, yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. But yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, it's lazy. It's lazy. Yeah. It's but it before is. we get to the end of our episode, I've prepared a little game for you, oh. Jagger and Brett. All um, right. We are going to do Guess the Movie by the Cast. So oh. I've prepared about five or six horror movies. You All guys right. get three total clues um, throughout the entire thing. So you, you, you'll you want to use them while you're working together as a team to see how many you can get. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go through some horror movies. Um, these are all, in my opinion, pretty well-known horror movies. Um, and I'm just gonna, I'll probably start like middle of the cast, like small roles and then work my way up to like the leads. Um, but yeah, let's just see if you can guess some of these. Um, I'm going to start with this one. Uh, so in this one we have, uh, Anne Dowd. Oh, and uh, no using computers. No using right. computers because that, that'd be cheating. That would make – we have uh, Anne Dowd is in this one. Uh, Millie Shapiro. If you have any guesses, let me know. Alex Wolf is in this one. Is it hereditary? It's hereditary. Yeah, it is. It All is. Right. That's one. Um, 
that one doesn't have i realized just now doesn't have a very deep cast so you just have to name like the main people <laughs> right off the top um you should say tony coletti you know tony coletti. well then that's that's like <laughs> that would give it away <laughs> he hasn't been in a lot of horror at that's least true. that i've seen um oh yeah this one yep this is one i was gonna do this one i feel like has a pretty deep cast so in this one we have benedict wong um sorry if you can hear my nephew he's having a little temper tantrum downstairs um oscar isaac um tessa thompson gina rodriguez do you guys want me to keep going or do you want a clue or it's not bird box i think it's bandit wong oh my god i think i'm getting him confused with someone else do you want another another actor? Bring it on, bring it on. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh man, wait. I'm blanking because I, I when I think Jennifer Jason Lee, I think Fast Times, and now I'm strung up on that. Yeah, and I and I, and I think of clue? single white female, or I also think of ex existence, but. Another clue. Bring it. Bring another, another clue? clue. Do you want to use one of your three clues, or do you want the lead actress? I'll I'll take a clue. We'll take a, a clue. We'll take a clue. So sure. uh, this director, the director of this film, also directed such films as Men and Ex Machina, oh. Oh, and God. just released uh, a trailer for his upcoming film, Civil War. That's Alex Garland. Oh man. And it's not men. Um, I'm trying to think Alex Garland horror. I don't know why I'm blanking out. And the lead <laughs> actress, lead actress is Natalie Portman. Oh, May December. No? No, Annihilation. No, not May December. Annihilation. Annihilation. That yeah, is correct. That's it. One of my, that's my all-time favorite sci-fi horror film. I went to high school with Natalie Portman. Are you serious? Really? She's two years younger, but yeah. Oh, that's, that's my, crazy. But, but I used to see her. I, I, she's in my yearbook, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was um, class yeah. in 97. She's class in 99. So. Annihilation was the answer. Oh, Jagger, you haven't even seen that. You need to get on that, man. It's outstanding. Yeah, it's been a while for me, but yes. It's definitely. so good. Um, all right, where's my next one? I had this pulled up. Give me one sec, guys. I have my. I have so many windows open. Um, okay, uh, here we go. Got one. Here it is. All right, this one stars uh such actors as sigourney weaver um bradley whitford uh richard jenkins um chris hemsworth anna oh, hutchinson wait. oh wait why am i blanking on this and this is these are all horror films <laughs> jesse Williams. oh cabin in the woods Yes. Cabin uh, in oh, I'm the sorry, woods sorry, sorry, Jagger. I'm sorry. Uh, you had it. You had it. You know, Cabin in the Woods I, is the correct answer. You know, I heard uh, Sigourney Weaver, and I'm thinking horror, and then I almost said copycat immediately. Um, not copycat. Um, yeah, copycat with uh, Harry Connick Jr. I, I, that's oh. where I thought this was leading to, which is a great film, by the way. I thought I could get you guys with the Sigourney <laughs> Weaver because my if I think Sigourney Weaver horror, I always go to Alien. 
If yeah. you were listing off the actors for Alien, you would not have gone Sigourney Weaver first. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Probably do like Tom Skerritt um, and. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Uh, here we go. Got it. All right. And this one. Um, right. This one doesn't have a very deep cast. So I'm going to name the first two and see if you can get it. And then, uh, yeah. Winona Ryder uh, and Vincent Cassell. This is more of a body horror one. Are you calling Black Swan a horror movie? Yes, I am. That's oh, totally that, a horror this movie. Is the, this is the second Natalie Portman film, also. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even realize <laughs> I did that. I do love Natalie Portman. So that's we got two more for you guys. You guys. And then when are, he's, and was was Victor Cassell? Was he also in Ocean's Thirteen? Uh, Ocean's 12. He was in Ocean's 12, Vincent Cassell. Um, he played like the antagonist, I guess. I thought it was Ocean's 13. Ocean, I don't, I haven't seen Ocean's 13, but I know he's oh. in Ocean's 12, which is the second Maybe, one. I, you know, actually, I didn't see Ocean's 12, which is kind of weird. Oh, it's but, just but as maybe, good as the first one. Oh, okay. It, it's, I watched it's 11, and, 11 and 13 I watched. Um, and all right. Fifth one, this is our uh, penultimate uh, film. Um, I have a few here. Um, we're going to go here. This one has a deep cast. We'll see if All you right. guys can get this. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, Finn Wolfhard. Jack it? Dylan Grazer. No. No? Oh. It too? Sophia Lillis. Yes. Damn it. Uh, I thought I could get you with that. I should have started somewhere else. I don't know how you got that so fast. Well, wait, was the, the second name, was that, is that Georgie? Jack Dylan Grazer? No, he plays uh, Eddie. Oh, yeah. I, okay. Um, I don't know anything else he's in, so that's just sort of where my mind went. <laughs> he was good, oh, though. I mean, he was in Shazam. He is excellent. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. He's in Shazam, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, final one. I'm gonna. Right. It's. It might be a bit difficult, but it is a very mainstream horror. Um, right. So we're gonna start with uh, uh, Liev Schreiber, Drew Barrymore, um, Jamie Kennedy. What? Uh, Rose McGowan. McGowan. Scream. It is Scream. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, I've got Liev Schreiber's in there. I always forget that he's cotton weary. Yeah. I always forget that. <laughs> and he's a main yeah. part of the whole the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> that is guess the movie. Um, Brett, we were honored to have you yeah. on today. We hope to have you on again in the future. Um, yeah, please, thank you for please, coming please on. Please do. Yeah. No, thank you. No, um, really, thank you for the uh, for the invitation for today. I love talking horror and any other genre as well. So yeah, not, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> have you on uh, again. Uh, if you guys, the listeners, want to uh, follow me and Jagger, we are. I'm Trey the Film Noob, uh, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Letterbox. Jagger is Jagger Film Fan. Um, on Letter God, I'm forgetting it today. Jagger, I Jagger Film Fan on. I think it's Letterboxed, and then Jagger the Film Reviews on TikTok and. 
Twitter and Jagger the Movie Guy on Instagram and Twitch. You should just make them all the same thing. That would make my life yeah. so much easier. <laughs> um, was, you did a great job in like remembering all those, though. I mean, it's, it's like muscle. There's a few episodes where my brain is like shut down by the end because we're like recording super late or something, and it's just like muscle memory. Like it, it like I just know it by heart. Um, and then if you want to, to Brett is just Brett Petersell on Letterbox. If you want to follow uh, his HQ, uh, Horrorville is the HQ that he works on. Um, and follow both of those. Uh, great reviews, uh, great stories over at Horrorville. Um, and we will, I don't know when this is coming out. I think we talked about this coming out next Wednesday, Jagger. So join us Friday for uh, part two of our Kubrick watch through where i believe we will be reviewing spartacus and uh paths of uh or let me see here we will be reviewing the killing and paths of glory um so join us friday uh for that um so and thank you have a good rest of your day